Welcome to a very special episode of All Talk FC. We are back after the lovely Christmas break and we've got so much football to talk about. We're going to do something really original, our team of the decade. Nice. And then we're going to try and talk about any other stuff. I don't think there's much transfers, but we'll give it a go. Let's go! Happy New Year. Happy New Year and happy Hanukkah to Danny. <laughs> Thank you. I think we've done that before, but he made, made that joke jokes. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been a while since we've done this, so um, yeah, it's oh, it's tough to know where to start really because um, I think like we just said, there were so many games over the Christmas period. Um, maybe we'll start off with the All Talk FC derby. Arsenal's fantastic win against Man United, a woeful Man United, I must add. Uh, so I think he needs to talk louder. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Four? Yeah. yeah right, there we go. So what is it with Manu and bottom half of the table teams? <laughs> I just can't beat them. Like, it's, they've been nicknamed the Robin Hood of the league this year, of taking points from the top and giving them to the, to the to bottom. The so Tottenham, Chelsea, Man City, we've beat. We're the only team to not lose to Liverpool. We're... Um, but then we lose to Watford, Arsenal, and pretty much everyone else in the bottom five. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can make your jokes as much as you want, but you still lost 2-0, um, which is probably the best result. It's got to be Arsenal's best result, if not this season, for the last couple of seasons, it seems like. It was only the best result because it was the best performance in years. From, mm, yeah. from And when I say best performance, as in you had players making an effort. Which, it really tells you a lot about the bar that was set and the standard. If you think about how everyone's going mad. Like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Arteta's a genius. He's made these players run so hard. He's, he's a genius. <clears throat> there's a lot of hype. You know what Arsenal fans are like. There's a lot of hype coming out. We said it when he got hired. These are going to be brilliant and there's going to be hype like you wouldn't believe. Or he's not going to get a break and after three or four weeks he's going to have the crowd on his back. I think he's done exactly what anybody probably with a, you know, in, a bit of... Uh, smartness would have done coming in which has just said look we might not be the best but it's not good enough not to try hard <clears throat> every single one of those players was trying harder than those main United players they run further their pressing was better the organisation was better unsurprisingly they won the game I think the players are trying harder because they probably believe in whatever kind of philosophy that Arteta is trying to input I think part of the problem with where um, United Emery lost the players is because he wasn't um, they probably just lost kind of they lost care because they didn't believe in and bought buy into the kind of strategy and system that he's trying to put in place if he even had that they didn't even know where they were playing on well, the pitch exactly so it's like <laughs> maybe at the beginning you think you know when, when he first started there was still like you know I, I felt like the players put in a lot of effort uh, Arsenal did very well what were they like one of the highest scorers in the second half and I always felt that was because the team didn't necessarily have as much structure but they had a bit more attitude in terms of we're going to try to score. And, and we have players with ability. I think you do that for a season, a season and a half, you're just like, well, we're not improving and everything we're doing in training is absolute nonsense. You're just going to lose the manager. I don't know what he was like, like from a personal standpoint, then, like if he was personable or whatever. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a good start at least. And I don't know if you follow Arsenal on Twitter. No. But it's like... <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> um, but 
there's they're constantly putting out clips of Arteta at training, like talking about really? various things constantly. Yeah, I think they're trying to do the more, Guardiola show. Yeah, but way more like that wasn't it wasn't like that with Unai Emery, and it's, I, I wonder if it's because whatever they were putting out with him just made no sense. But like well, Arteta, well, also, Arteta looks like he's just trying to strip it down and make it a bit more simplistic. I think with Emery, it was like okay, we've got a manager who has a CV. We'll bring him in and let him do his thing. With Arteta, there's still a bit of convincing. So people are like, he has no manager. So they have to show these things to say, look, he's doing what managers do. I, I think we can get a bit ahead of ourselves now. Arsenal have been under Arteta for a few games now. And let's face it, they only played well against Chelsea for 40 minutes. Yeah. They only played well against Man United in the first 60 half. minutes. Yeah, I'd say I'd give them sixty minutes. Yeah, you against, against, against they United. They lost the gas. They lost yeah. gas because they just no, don't have the time. The, the second half, the, the tide turned. And to be honest, if Man United had a, a bit of it, the thing with Man United, we've got a good eleven, and then we've got a couple of subs, and we're missing Pogba and McTominay in the middle. And I think that was the that was as much of a difference as anything Arteta's doing. But yeah, you know you've what? You've got to give Arsenal some credit. Yeah. Like even really even if United had ended 2-2, even if United had come back in the last 10 minutes because they'd run out of puff again, they'd done like Chelsea, I still think Arsenal fans would have been okay with that because you'd had, you had 60, I reckon about 60 minutes of real effort, real hard work. And I don't know if you saw David Luiz's interview afterwards. Yeah. It was the most telling, I mean, I, couldn't be- I was watching Great it, like, I couldn't believe what he was saying, but actually it's so it's honest and true. Yeah. He basically came, I mean, he, he proper called out, I don't know who looked worse, Emery or the Arsenal players or what, but he basically said, we know we're not fit enough and we know that we've got to try harder. Well, all Arteta's done is he's come in and he's, and he's explained that's what we need to do. And he said a lot of these kids are learning what it means to work hard for the first time in their careers. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's a big thing to well, say straight bad. after it's, a game. It's, it's, bad. it's bad having eight hours of bad sleep. But it's much nicer to have four hours of quality. Yeah, no, he said I'd rather have four hours of sleep um, and be happy than have eight eight hours of sleep and be sad. Yeah. And he was basically calling out whatever was going on before, which was that the training wasn't hard enough, people weren't putting the effort in. I mean, it was about as damning as you could get for Emery. But I thought it was brilliant because. Do you think (laughs) it was directed at some of the players as well? Oh, for sure. For sure. I think you can. I mean, I watched. For an half an hour, forty-five minutes of Özil pressing someone. Mm. I don't. I don't remember the last time I saw that. It must have been five, six years ago since the last time I saw Özil actually running and pressing players constantly. You just don't see that. I saw Lacazette, saw Aubameyang run, running 50, 60 yards to the to the fullback. always puts in effort. Yeah. I have to give him that. But Aubameyang for sure. Aubameyang's played his whole Arsenal career at like eighty percent effort. I think. But it was just and and uh, whatever you think about Arteta, however inexperienced, whatever. To be able to get a tune out of those players, to be able to somehow get them to do that, great. Yeah, he, uh, like they haven't got, they haven't got the best squad in the league. So who Arsenal? Yeah, they've certainly got the worst though. They I haven't mean, got the they worst. Should be better than bottom half of the league. They no, should definitely be a top it, ten club. Uh, <laughs> no, I do. I do think like you've been taking some hate away this morning. I feel like you've got some anger in your face. No, no, I do think Arsenal probably have the. Sixth or sixth best team, in sixth the or league. seventh best yeah. team in the league oh, for right, sure. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, no, like I'm I, joking. The only I think what's what puts Man United and Arsenal at the same level is just Man United's lack of depth. As I said, like once we lose one or two players, like we lost Martial, we just look a different team. Yeah, we've lost McTominay, we look a different team. So, but Arsenal don't really have that much depth either. No, but then I think their top level isn't as good as United's. But I think that's what puts Man United and Arsenal. <laughs> similar level Arsenal they lose a couple of players and but they're, they're sort of like for like where Man United lose players there's holes 
So. Well, United have got their entire youth squad on the bench. They're relying on Mason Greenwood, who admittedly is looking like he's going to be a great talent, but the guy's just turned 18. We're playing, we're playing Sakia back at left-back. Like, that's that's true. Much depth, but that, you know, that argument kind of falls flat. Have you ever seen that, that Monty Python clip, the four Yorkshiremen, where they actually sit and argue who's got it worse? Uh, <laughs> so I feel like yeah, it's maybe, a Man United and Arsenal fans these days. Maybe. But I went to the Chelsea game and we ended up losing 2-1, and it was a bit disappointing, but... You could tell that the fans are definitely back on side a little bit. They were cheering Ozil off for, for the amount of effort. And, that, that's, you know, that's compared what to like maybe said. four weeks ago, he was getting booed off and all of this nonsense. That's the one thing Arteta said. He said uh, one of his first ever, if you watch his press conference, I think it's the first one, first press conference, and they said, what's the one thing you, what's your, the key to what you want to see happen? He said, we just, I just need to see a connection between the fans and the players again mm. because we've lost it. And we talk, actually, I was thinking about it, like those Twitter videos and like doing all of that stuff. I think it's just really good PR because they're trying to find a way for fans to get more idea of what's going on and get more involved and see that the players are trying hard. And if he's gone in and gone, look, try hard, try your hardest. Like just put the effort in, try your hardest, and then we'll work a way of, of building a connection. Southgate, to be fair to him, did a similar thing with England when he took on the England team. Everyone, there was a lot of hate for a lot of the England team. And he came in and said, I just want to build a rapport back with the fans because we need those fans. And he changed it. So, to be fair to Arteta, if he can do that, I think we'll go a long he way. He laughed at me when I said Arsenal were missing Xhaka. And he's probably been one of their best players. Oh, oh, sh- no, don't give me that. Himself, I, Torreira's been miles ahead of Did you watch that game? No, Xhaka is still not good enough. If they could if they could lose him for 30 million to Hertha Berlin, it'd be an unbelievable steal. He's played that deal off now. Yeah, he's played well enough that but Arsenal won't sell him. That's how, yeah, I don't know that Arteta going. Oh, he's going nowhere. That's exactly how you make a sale. I think I think it'll start. It'll start telling when I think Solskjaer probably suffered that a little bit this season, where there were situations where more experienced managers probably would be able to get through. Arteta, it's like it's all gravy when things are going well and the team's on your side, the fans on your side. But you know when it's kind of like certain substitutions. I'm just trying to predict kind of like a situation where. You need to make substitutions at the right time. I think even in the Chelsea game, you probably waited a little bit too long to yeah. do that. Yeah, that's those kind of things. I that think you need patience with him. I think yeah. the Chelsea game showed, convinced me. I'm, I now think Lampard will be a top manager because Chelsea were yeah. uh, tactically he was good. Chelsea were the better team from the 40th minute, and that's because he made that sub. Yeah, and and he spotted the sub, and then the second half started, and Chelsea were on top, but they were being exposed at left back. Sub the the left back off at the 50th minute. He made he spotted so quickly and made that change. I was like, he's used two subs before the 55th minute, and both subs have swung it. That when we got to like the 65th minute, there was only ever going to be one winner. The thing I'd say about Lampard, if you look at the managers he's had, look at the career he had. He got built up by well, Harry Redknapp took him, and then Mourinho, and uh, I can't remember who it was at Man City for a season. Pellegrini maybe or Mancini. I don't know who, who they are. But if you look at Mourinho and Redknapp and the way they built Lampard up, the way they built a team around him. Similar thing I think he's trying to do with Mount. I'm not sure if Mount will get there or not. I like him. I, I, like I, th- him a lot. I think he, he's got the potential. Yeah. But he, he's he's come from a good school of, of managers, that's for sure. And that was Mourinho, prime Mourinho, not Mourinho now. Yeah, but we've got, we've, in England, we've got a history of players that have, had, have, been, have done well and been in good teams and all of that stuff. But they've, you know, they've, our best managers be terrible. have been bad footballers. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like Mark but, Hughes but, was a quality footballer. Or Graham Sooners, a quality footballer. Managers, Steve Bruce? Kevin D- depends Keegan if you're a Newcastle fan right now or not. Kevin Keegan was 
was I guess he's what he peaked in ninety nine was it ninety nine? Uh, wasn't it ninety six when it when he did when fucking love it? Like, yeah, when there were ten points clear. Yeah, was that ninety six? Yeah, I think it was ninety six. Trouble winning year. No, no, I think it was ninety six. So ninety six was the year Wenger came, wasn't it? Okay, but um, yeah, I don't know. And what, I'd be interested to ask from you two, like, what do you think of Solskjaer staying or going or? Do you think he deserved... Deserve, I feel like Mark's a bit more generous when it comes to this stuff. You'd think he probably deserves more time to stay. I think or, you know yeah. the odds to both these already. We've talked about it a lot, but go on. I know what you're going to say. No, but it's, it's true. Because like, Danny will be like, our oh, social's not that bad because he beat City, Tottenham, and then they'll, they'll lose to Arsenal and then Danny wants him out. So it's like a bit more up and down with Danny. With me, I'm like... we At the end of last year, there was a big call to get rid of the Deadwood. That's all it was at United. We've got a toxic group of players who are there only for money he's got rid of most of them and been limited in what he can bring in so he's brought in Harry Maguire I think he's good I like Maguire like obviously he's got a big price tag but I'm actually happy with him I think he needs a better centre back alongside him we brought in Wan-Bissaka pleased with him Dan James like pleased with him although I'd argue he should lose his place now to Greenwood and I, it's like we're looking at this transfer window. If Pogba wasn't injured, he could have gone, with likely no one coming in. So probably need a new left back. I'm like, no. Oh, I like Brandon, Bra- I like Brandon Williams. Uh, uh, Brandon yeah. Williams. Is He's good. He looks really good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like. I was more of a digger. Uh, Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw. Yeah, but I, Fat Shaw. Yeah. yeah. I he, called that years ago. He's good, good but like I think I think it was Van Gaal's spotted it straight away. Who was like, and Luke Shaw was like, I've just got this kind of body that looks fat but I'm fit and you're like it's the same thing with Rooney but it's like well actually no because when you're in full flow you're not looking fat do you know yeah. it may only be a, it may go on your face a bit more than other footballers like but, but you can it tell wasn't even, body like, like it's, know, it's it not even that it's, I remember when he got dropped but when Bangal dropped him no Mourinho when Mourinho called him out and was proper going for him I'll talk about Mourinho in a minute because god I hate that man but uh, when he called him out we were like Obviously, it was the wrong thing to do, and it wasn't very good management, man management. But then, at the same time, he'd been called out by Van Gaal and dropped. He'd been dropped by Southgate in the England squad as well. And we were going. There's three managers who have dropped him in the last God knows how long. There's obviously something not quite right yeah. with Luke Shaw. There's something maybe he doesn't train well. Maybe he's got an attitude he problem. Like he has a lot of confidence. To I, mean, me. I think he's completely think, a confidence player. Yeah, because he was he was at his peak when he broke his leg. I remember when he broke his leg. I was, I thought, I nearly got him on the back of my English shirt. Genuinely, yeah. he, he was so good at the start of that season. You get a man's name on the back. Of your I, ne- shirt. I nearly, I thought about because there was the well, what, the I'll Euros coming Williams up. Williams on the back of my shirt. <laughs> 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 well, there was uh, there was the Euros coming up, a year and a half. I thought, on the shirt had just come out, and I was like, if I was to get anyone, it'd probably be Luke Shaw because he was nailed on. And then he, bro- he was right, he broke his leg. He's never been the same player nah. since. And some players, Ramsey took. Probably a year or so to come back yeah. to what he was before. Some players never come back, but I've never seen really a player break their leg, come back, and within twelve months be the same player. Well, part of it is the rehabilitation. Money? You build confidence through kind of exercise. Oh, every challenge must remind you of like. Yeah. But, but I imagine see, that seeing but, your leg dangle. Must, yeah. If we're questioning, if we're questioning Shaw's work ethic in terms of like he's a doing type of guy, not putting in the effort. You got to put so much more effort when you're coming back from a big injury like that. And if he's not got it just for the regular day to day, he's but, got no chance yeah. when it comes to rehab. Yeah. So that's why. Anyway, I don't know how we got into that, but I think yeah, Brandon Williams is all right. I don't think the left back is the biggest problem in the in the yeah, club. It'd be interesting. The to midfield see is a massive this. problem because part of me likes our stance at the minute. Like I know Danny come out and said we should have signed 
Haaland or whatever. But when you see the deal Dortmund have just done, it's ridiculous. Like, what? they have to give 20% of whatever they sell him for to the agent. Only after, yeah, <laughs> yeah, only after four and a half years. If he stays for four and a half years. Well, honestly, like, it, so what happened is they said Haaland's going to Dortmund and then everyone jumped on the bandwagon saying United are... Like Woodward's done it again. He's he's a he doesn't know what he's doing. Well, he and then then it got leaked the deal that Borussia Dortmund had to, the the things they had to do to get him. It was like, oh, okay, maybe if Man United had signed, if it was a lose lose because if Man United had signed Haaland with that all those like sort of bullet points and caveats, they would say this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Mm. He doesn't I, sign. Him. I don't know. He I think know what you, he's doing. you sign. The kid who everyone in the in the world wants, the guy who's what's he, eighteen, nineteen years old. They did similar like you look at Jaden Sancho they got for basically nothing, gonna sell him for hundred and fifty million. If they they buy Harlem for whatever it was, twenty five million, and the the release clauses and the all the clauses basically kick in in year four of the five year deal. If he's still there in four years it'd be a miracle anyway. But if they don't sell him for a hundred million plus someone will have had to have gone catastrophically wrong. So even if 20% of that has to go to an agent, they're, they're looking at going, we're basically mm. going to get a free player who's one of, one of the best up-and-coming strikers in the world for the next two or three years. <laughs> Massively low risk. I think it's an amazing deal. To be fair, for most big clubs in world football, money, uh, so we're talking about money because it, to a certain degree, it doesn't even matter. The shirt, most, of the, most of the time with big but clubs, the shirt sales alone so, just cover the fee. Like it's done. So I'm just getting up the article. They're saying it's, this deal has cost Dortmund 81 million. So they have to sell him on so for them to make any money, like plus they, selling for more than eighty million the guy to make money, is yeah, high risk as well. Like no one knew, like no one outside experts really knew who he was before the start of this season. It's only this season. Well, he's, it's he's funny. Have you read the like, read the thing about their scouting department and how long they've been scouting him for? So they're um, of course they'll say that they're not. No, 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 but they're oh, guy. He him after his hat trick in the Champions League, are they? Like no, because they um. They, his club uh, wasn't Mulder. It was the other, the other uh, Norwegian club that he was at. I can't remember what it was before he went to Red Bull Salzburg. He was offered the opportunity to go to Dortmund before RB Salzburg, uh, and they obviously he went. He took the Salzburg um, position, and at that point, you're like, well, Ralf Ragnick, who owns basically Salzburg and Leipzig, that's why everyone goes from Salzburg to Leipzig. Um, they were like, oh, well, that's it, done. But they tried to get him then. So they've been basically tracking him ever since then. And they've watched... There was a whole article about um, the guy... I can't remember the CEO's name, but him and the scouting guy. They, they went to every single live... Get, every single game Harlem played this year, from the start of the year, they were at every single game watching. And that was what one of the things that convinced him. Was he was like, they were the only ones that, even from beforehand, were actually there and cared. And they're actually the only club that desperately need a number nine right now because Dortmund don't really have one. So. We, don't, I, I, we need sentiments. That's what we need. Oh, we massive. No, we need, a good we need so many midfielders. Yeah, like we need someone to help Maguire out because you need John McGinn. He's the only. He's the only <laughs> one in the back four who can header. So like every time yeah. we're, we're run, our keeper can't come out at corners. Our back four, are, only one guy can header. So every time we get a corner against us, we're vulnerable. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. At this point, we probably can't really say much till the end of the season. So, but we have to mention Liverpool. I feel like all we should say they've won the league, haven't they? They've won the league. The, the questions are: Are they going to go unbeaten? They are. What? So, did you see that Man City well, are there? Man City are their 49th game. Did you see that? No. So they're they're on. I think they they've just hit 39 or 38 or something. So they're now second. That's crazy, isn't it? So the 49th game, which obviously equal the Invincibles, yeah. is Man City this season. Yeah. And it's away at Man City. 
Oh, come on, Man City. Although, I mean, Man City over the Christmas period lost against Wolves. and Well, they're, they're done with the league, aren't they? You can see by their team selection, they're done with the league. There has to be some... It's still worth their trouble to, to come oh, second. They'll, they'll still come second. Even when, even when they're done with the league, yeah. they'll still come second. The lesson's looking pretty... Less than, yeah, until you, yeah, until this week when all three of their four centre backs have gone off injured yeah. and they've got no backup, so they might be a bit screwed now. But yeah, they've, they've got just got a much smaller squad unless yeah. the, with Vardy injured and like they're doing really well. They probably make a cup final because they'll beat uh, Villa this week, but they're they're not gonna. I don't think Leicester will come second. They might. I just don't. I can't see it. City have got a stronger squad. Leicester play for um, like when you can just rotate and bring in Mares for fun. Or even Foden. City, Villa. What? No, Leicester. Leicester, Villa. The Carabao Cup. No, no, Leicester. They'll probably make a cup final you for Rodgers. You guys talk about the Carabao Cup, but I don't care. <laughs> I don't know. Man City, United, and then Leicester and Villa. That's two good, uh, two good derbies On for paper, semi-final I mean, of a cup. You see the team and you're like, he's not even... Nah, no way. In the semi-final, they'll, they'll definitely yeah, play their full team. I'm sure. Definitely. I don't think Man U's B team and A team look that different. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. And United don't have a B team. Um, you want to? I feel like this should be like a weekly segment for you, like Mourinho corner. You always want to just say something well, about Mourinho. Have you seen? So I think I texted you the other day, but uh, Spurs used to be like one of my, like my second team. I used to enjoy watching Spurs, and now I just love watching yeah, them lose. Jewish connection. I don't know what. No, do you know what it was? It was since they had all the English players. Since Pochettino went there, I think I realize I'm starting to realize. I think it's the managers that I really like. So, for example, at the moment, I really like watching Brighton, and I think it's because I really like Graham Potter. So with uh, over hype, Brian. By the way, I swear to God, Brian. Do why? you think he kind of? I don't know. Every time, like, you would think Brighton, Brighton were better than Sheffield United. Every time I mention Brighton or, or a team that will beat Brighton, I know Brighton's doing very good. You I know, like they're, Brighton. They've lost three on a trot. They? No. Yeah. They're doing all right. Carry on. They're fourteen in the league. Carry yeah, on. they're doing all right for that squad. Yeah, but um, anyway, my point was that I used to like Spurs because I liked Pochettino. They had lots of English players and English core. Um, I liked them. And then recently, they're like, well, they've lost, they've won one in five, which has made me very happy. But I just love nothing more than watching them just play terrible football and get beat. Because it's like, it's exactly what you signed up for. We all, we all said it. The moment you sign Mourinho, they're gonna, they've got Liverpool next week. That's going to be one in six that they've won. They just, they uh, drew with Middlesbrough today, just about. Um, they look terrible. And already the cracks have started. Mourinho's come out to hear what he said about Ndombele. The guy. He's always injured. He's always injured. This yeah. guy's always injured. Maybe he's yeah. not ready. You just spent sixty million that, on this guy. He said the same thing about Smalling. He's got a real issue of with black people. Who, who players he thinks are fit? Yeah, who are yeah. soft. He's like, I think he's used to like back in when he was at peak Mourinho. I, re, I remember stories of like Lampard, Terry taking painkilling injections for game, like big games, being like, "I'll play through the pain." I think when he looks at players who are like. You know what? I've got a bit of a niggle. God, yeah, he must I, hate Daniel Sturridge. Oh, I can't. But that's, <laughs> like, play, right? but that's why he probably got rid of him yeah. at Chelsea. Was it him who got rid of him? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Like I think he, he had the same thing with Smalling. I think he doesn't like players who he deems. Yeah, De Bruyne, yes, Salah, yes, terrible, have, have terrible. You, have you got a niggle? Yeah. I don't know if I could play this weekend, boss. I think that's it. You're in his bad book. Yeah, all right, but don't come out and call him out. Like the, the guys, the guy was in. Well, he is injured now. He's done his knee or whatever. They spent sixty million on him in the summer. Don't call him out, cause a problem, and then go and sell him for twenty. He was one of the most wanted midfielders in the whole in the whole world in the summer when they yeah, signed him. Sure Low, 
loads of what well, he's not had the opportunity to play particularly well. Of when players play in leagues, people don't watch very much, isn't it? It's like as soon as he's, I saw about two games of him, I'm like, he's all right. He's not like he's good. He is a good player. Yeah. When he last, like, he was at Leon last year. I was like, Dembele was like one of Tottenham's most underrated midfielders. Dembele, what was the stats show about Dembele the other day? I saw something about, oh, maybe it was earlier when I was looking at the decade stuff. And Dembele, it's like, for dribbles, it's like Hazard, De Bruyne and, Dem- and Moussa Dembele. It's like the third yeah, oh, most yeah. dribble. Like, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, he can't pass and shoot for shit, but he could <laughs> yeah, he could, out of a ball. Yeah, that was the futsal out of him, wasn't <laughs> he? He could, he could never shoot, but he could get to the edge of the box and then panic. You must say, they poured one out for Mourinho. His dog died, didn't he? Yeah, oh, so did it? Oh, I did. Yeah, I didn't see that. <laughs> well, I had a I pretty bad New Year's because my dog died. Oh, but got it. Let's just play. I feel play for him then. Even still, stop calling your players out, man. It's just he's like an old person in the care home. Like he just does not give a fuck what he says anymore. Yeah. He'll grab. Did you hear anything about an idiot? Well, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I deserved the yellow card because I was was it? I was rude. I was rude, I was rude but I was rude to an idiot. Yeah. It's just I, I don't know. I wonder if that was a real quote. Like yeah, yeah, I heard it. I heard him say it on his press conference. Yeah. Um, what are we worried about, Kane? Coming with leading up to this Euros. I've been Maybe. worried a little for a little while. It's well, my only worry is sorry. My only worry is that he's indispensable. Like, I he's captain. Be, oh, yeah, I wouldn't be worried if Southgate would be willing to change striker for who? For Vardy. Vardy. Come out of retirement. If Vardy knew he had a shot. Vardy would come out of Vardy's not instantly. in proper retirement. He, when he retired, he said, I'm retiring because it doesn't look like I'm needed. But if I'm needed, call oh, me up. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the what issue. What kind of attitude is that, though, for the rest of the squad? To be Why like, what about some, no. other, some other decent English... What about, how's Tammy Abraham feel? Rashford's better than Abraham. Yeah, yeah but Rashford's, Rashford's going to be in the squad regardless. What yeah. I mean is, you look at a number nine, how's Tammy Abraham going to feel when you go, well, Vardy said... As and when he's as and when we want, he can just play. And he's like, "Well, hold on a minute." But if you're you Vardy, watched Tottenham much? Like, I've watched I've watched a few of their recent games because Norwich game, for nothing. example. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. And, I agree. But when he gets the ball, he is quality. <clears throat> like, but the guy plays at about twenty percent of his effort level. Like, and what we were saying about Arsenal, all you ask for is a bit of effort. It's like watching him. It's hard not to get infuriated because you're like the guy. Don't even uh, the amount of times you see Tottenham. Counter attack, and he's not even trying to get in the that's, box. That's yeah. so funny because, um, did you know, we, um, we were talking over Christmas about the athletic about getting it. So, uh, there's a really I'll send it to you if you've got uh, a screenshot subscription, then. yeah, otherwise, I'll screenshot it. Yeah. There's a really good article it's that someone did. <laughs> no, there's a really good article that someone did. Um, I'll have to fish it out. In fact, maybe I've still got it up on my phone, but basically, what oh, here it is. Yeah, uh, Harry Harry Kane is broken, the death of a shot monster, and basically the whole article is, is looked at his yeah, stats over the last rest. over the last few years about how his game has changed and how he went from why he was scoring thirty thirty five goals and why his his shot per goal ratio is going down and down and down everything's going down and ironically mo- a lot of the stats were about he's being forced to he's, he started playing in a way where I think because his team aren't as good. He feels like he has to do more. So actually, his pressing stats are higher. His tackles are higher. The position he is on the pitch, he's outside of the box much deep. All his shots are much... Everything is happening much deeper. And he's pressing the wings. He's making runs down the wings. All the stuff Kane didn't used to do because he would just be in the middle. It was like Rooney in that 30-goal season when Ferguson just said, just, just stay in the middle. Don't do any of that. Just stay in the middle in your score goals. And it's funny. If you, I'll send you the, the link. But it's a really has, good article about it. Do you think that it. has something to do with Ericsson kind of being... Well, lazy. Look, yeah. Lazy, but you know, when a lot of that connection with Harry Kane, I think was there was a, um, a high number of assists from Ericsson 
to Harry Kane. I know. You, well, I mean, yeah. It's, it's trust of the team, to be honest. Yeah. If you're a striker who plays on the edge of the, the line, you have to just be like... The ball's going to come. The, my yeah. team will feed me at some point. So, like, you just have... Not like Rashford. Like, but strikers yeah. who come deep, they're, only, they're doing it because they, they feel they have to get involved in mm. the game. And it's like, well, actually, you come in deep doesn't always help. Yes, you get the ball and you manage to do a pass wide to the winger, but you're shrinking the size of the pitch, you're not stretching the defence. Like, when you say the gap between the defence and midfield, that's created by strikers being on the edge. If the defenders know you're going deep, you're making it easy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, so, in answer to my question, we're worried about Kane for, for the uh, Euros. Yeah. I'm worried about most English players who don't play for Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> Even Sterling. I think Sterling will be all right. He's, not, he's, he's gone off the boil a little bit over right. Christmas, but I think he'll be all right. Also, you've got like, a certain players like, at the moment, Trent, like Sterling. They, they, just, they were running at a high rate. That At some point, they'll, they'll dip for a bit and come back. Yeah. Um, should we do our teams of the decade? Yeah, sure. Let's do yeah. it. I'm, I'm pretty <coughs> sure How do you want to do this? Well, we go from, I reckon we'll go from goalkeeper and then defenders. I've gone 4-3-3, oh. by the way. So, I, yeah, it's funny. I was messing Some, around with... Yeah. I, I've pretty much gone 4-3-3. Me too. But Argu- been, arguably. Well, I was going to say... Was, that it seems to be the formation of the decade. Really. There's, there's going to be a yeah. lot of overlap, I'm sure. I don't see how we can differ greatly. Oh. We probably will differ on certain mm, things. I think we will. I, I, I greatly. Was, I would right, say it now. I think there's going to be three players that all three of us have. Oh, I think three. I think there's five. All three of us. I think, three. I think there's five that all three of us have. All right. That's I, my guess. Five. I, I've yeah. got, actually, I think maybe about seven. I was going to say the, the goalkeeper, but I think recency bias means Chris won't put him in. Do you think? Yeah. Surely he will. <laughs> no, Surely. No, all right. All right. So, <laughs> so right. Chris has basically got the entire Liverpool team. Because <laughs> all he remembers is last week. <laughs> well, part of my recency bias is because my memory is horrendous. But, um, all right. Go on, Mark. Like, we all know what you, who you two have gone for. What, in goal? What, the yeah, hair, the yeah. best the best goalkeeper in the last 10 years, De Gea. Now, look, right? I'm Here we not go. doing this to be awkward. But, and genuinely... <laughs> Leno. <laughs> look, when Chesney and uh, De Gea came out at the same time, I did say Chesney would be a better goalkeeper. So I have to go with him for goalkeeper of the... De- no, I'm not... No, you, don't be silly. No, I've actually gone for Petr Cech. Um, sim- the only thing that broke it for me, and I, did, I do think it's close, and I'm not... I don't want to disparage De Gea. Obviously, he's quality, and it's not recency bias. The actual only thing that done it for me in this particular decade was that he's won more Premier Leagues, and he's got and he's had more clean sheets. Won, so United have won one Premier League this decade, and, and he won two, and he's had more clean sheets, and he's won in three the decade, time, in yeah. the decade. Yeah, because the thing with Czech is his best days weren't in this decade. But I think his best days. It was like Gary Neville put in, Paul Scholes in the team of the decade. I was like. It's not. He wasn't. <laughs> that doesn't count. It's got to be within decade well, look, that they I, were the I, best. I mean, I've said now. It's, it's, that's, re- that's the reason why. That's a fair Wayne Rooney. Really Wayne Rooney played in the in in this in the last decade. Sorry, but his best years was before. Yeah, the, no, I agree. You know, so. I think I, you're right. I mean, Czech would be uh, if there was a subs bench. Yeah. Czech would be the next yeah. goalkeeper Absolutely. for it's sure. Only, it was a two-man race here, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, so um, but it's I not have, that unreasonable for, for me. No, the, no, the difference with De Gea. I just don't get how it couldn't like De Gea. That's because you're a Man United fan. But, but for six, year, six years in a row, biased. six years in a row, De Gea was Player of the Year for Man United. Now, yeah, admittedly, United. that says a lot about Man United, but he was, without doubt, for years on end, people were saying if, he was the best if, keeper yeah. in the world. And if Czech was as good as De Gea uh, in this decade, Chelsea wouldn't have sold him to Arsenal. 
contentious. That, he went to Arsenal because he was on. But that was okay, a bit, that was a back end of it. Two Premier Leagues won it for me. I, I was Fair enough. Be, it was going to be one or the other. Centre backs. I'm I'm intrigued. I feel like we're all going to have at least one of the same oh, centre backs. This was one of the players I think we've all got, which has to be Vincent Company. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I, my, is, my he, case, is he captain of your, of your team? Oddly enough, actually, I did think that looking at it, centre-backs that were, you know, had a relative amount of consistency through the decade, I didn't think there was that many to choose in terms of centre-backs. There's one I left out and I, I, I really wish I put it in. I'm not... I'm, because I'm not convinced on the second centre. Well, who have you who have you gone for your second? Okay. So can I go? Actually, can I go for my one first? Because I think it's yeah. okay. So we've all we've all agreed. Company companies in there. Was our left sided centre back? Go my on. other one's John Terry. That's my other one. Interesting. Is that left wing? Uh, left I think that's yeah, very because, left field because his best years were before that. You've just done you've just done the exact did, same thing. No, no but I did check, <laughs> and his stats in the the 2010, 11, and 12 season. Oh, and and if you actually look at his appearances, he played every game in those seasons. And seasons. fine, yeah. for, that's but that's three. two out of ten years. But no, three out. Then, then, and the thing with this, I think what I found looking at this is that this was a, definitely a decade of two halves, like the early half where it was like the back end of the the sort of Mourinho kind of and Ferguson United, sort yeah. of run, and then you've got the Man City obviously <coughs> kind of spreads itself to, Man to C- more to the back end, and then Liverpool here. Sprinkling of legacy, you know but might, all the big teams like just anyone. There wasn't that level of consistency where you can put one above the other. In they, my they did a. Um, I put Virgil Van Dijk if it were, like. I I did put Virgil Van Dijk. Uh, he was because, so close. No, but he was no, so close. Because I, I mean. and you, for the same thing, you, if you're going to pick Terry, who had two and a half years yeah. in the start. I'm going to pick Van Dijk, who was before Southampton, uh, before uh, Liverpool. Sorry, everyone just thinks about him at Liverpool for the last three years or two and a half years. But he also had a year and a half at Southampton where he was brilliant for them actually so there's at least four years of Van Dyke and we're he's... in the Premier League and then we can talk so no when we say so 2010 11 12 13 14 and 15 he played every game Who? there was one John season Terry. in 2012 13 he was injured for a bit so it was only his decline came in the second so at least half a decade he was up. but I, I must admit like Van, Van Dyke is very like it's very very close if he probably won the Premier League last season then I would have been more inclined. Yeah, but fair enough. It's, very it's just not difficult. long enough. This like, will be where, like, if we were going to do this in 10 years' time when All Talk FC is on episode 150. Uh, <laughs> Good math. I think, nearly, Good math. I think we missed a few weeks. Because <laughs> the guy I was considering was Jan Vertonghen. See, I had, Alder- had Alderweireld actually on my bench. But I think and the reason is probably the same thing you're going to say because his best years are now over, but for a period of three or four years, oh. he was easily one of the best defenders yeah. in the league. And I think Vertonghen was slightly more consistent than Alderweireld. The only reason and I'd pick him over Vertonghen is Vertonghen kept putting left-back, centre-back. He was often dropped. Then when um, Sanchez, when Davinson Sanchez came in, he was dropped. So Because he, he was put left-back for Belgium. Yeah. And, and it was only when Belgium moved him centre-back, Belgium went to rank number one because they stopped... Because they they could they kept trying to play company centre back. Yeah, I don't disagree at all. I think those two Spurs defenders are now past it a little bit, but they were in their yeah. day. They were absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I agree. No Arsenal centre backs. Definitely no. No David Luiz. No, <laughs> surely not. Um, uh, right back. So I've gone Carl Walker. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't bring myself to pick Carl Walker because yeah. I hate him so much. Um, so I it's went like for a slight bad bunch kind of thing. Well, I, no, I was really. I thought I don't. Danny said he struggled with left back, but I really struggled with right back. So my right back was Aspilicueta, and the reason, the, just the reason is over this decade, the guy has the best win rate of any defender yeah. over sixty percent. He's won every cup in the game. 
His appearance record is nearly at 300. He's still playing. He's got an amazing goal and assist record. He won the it's Premier League twice. Right no, but, but, but he is. But he no, played a right back for like five seasons. I would agree with you, but I've put him at left back. He's a left back. He's, he's a utility player. No, he was the right of the three centre backs. He's a, he's only in one season under Conte. Only for one season. He wasn't like consistently right, right back. Like Marcus Alonso was right back for, for a fair bit of it. He, he started left back. He... he Moved around like as you say, Mister Utility, not not Mister Right Back. I was like, Carl Walker is a right back, and yeah, and City got a hundred points with him playing right back. Like, my, it's my, hard like, to, for me not to put him in, despite yeah. how much like see, he's, obvious flaws he's. My got. right back is Bakary Sagna. Sagna, uh, he was top quality right back when he was at Arsenal for Man City as well. Uh, That's okay, I'm like, if you're gonna pick a Man City right back, I'd pick him. Ahead of uh, Carl, is that just so you can get an Arsenal player in there? Basically, yeah. Well, no, he was he was the he was the best right back in the Premier League for a long, long time, uh, um, and he's you know he spent enough seasons in the in the last decade where he's won he won the Premier League, he won with Man City, he was good for Arsenal when Arsenal wasn't the best. He was probably one of our best players for the longest time, arguably. You know how how much how how good can your right back be? I guess, but yeah, back you said for me, right? Back. Pretty good. And um, uh, yeah, like I said, my left back is uh, as Pilaqueta. Did not. I guess you can use him either side and pick whichever. True. Uh, so did nobody? Nobody put Trent Alexander-Arnold. No. I couldn't. Couldn't do it. He'll be in. Couldn't do it. He'll be in it for the next decade. Yeah. Admittedly, I, I agree. I wanted I, to. I wanted to. He'll be on the bench behind be So uh, it's funny, right? I was. <laughs> you say that. So I, was, I saw some stats well, earlier. Red card. I saw yeah. some stats earlier. Trent Alexander-Arnold. Because then he's just turned twenty-one. He's got eleven less assists than Ashley Cole got in his entire career. And he's already got 50% of the assist record of both Scholes and Carrick, which is fine. He has more assists in December than Aaron Rambasaka has had successful crosses in an entire United career. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, when I see, but when I see a player just walk around Trent Alexander-Arnold and him pay absolutely no attention to the guy. Yeah. He's a terrible it's defender. Difficult he's a terrible defender. Yeah. But and he's one of the best he, going forward I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, yeah. He is. No, like, he's can't, very can't, early, can't, but... Yeah. I don't think he's going to break all sorts of records. Sentence as Ashley Cole. No, no, it was a joke. That was a, like, was a joke, people, obviously. Yeah, because but, it's like they'd be like, oh, Ashley Cole didn't score many goals. You're like, he's one of the greatest defensive left backs. Uh, obviously, that was a bit of a joke. A... I think he will go down in the next few years. If we were doing a team, a future team of the next decade, he will go down as one of the best players. He'll, well, he'll go down in history as a right back for sure. If he if he stays in that team playing like that and wing backs continue to become. Such an important part of a team. He well, will, I find it very be... odd that he's a right back because his ability, his skill set dictates that to me that he shouldn't be. Because well, he wasn't. A... He, he know, when he came why through is the ranks. He right back now. He should be a right mid at least or centre. Because look what he's doing at right back for them. It's but unbelievable. He, but you could do that and actually put someone that will defend. But you know the whole point of Klopp system. Yeah. The whole point of that thing is that you, is exactly so why you don't need them. Robertson and in the BBC's team. So looking was he? I'm going through it. So. The goalkeepers they've put was a two-horse race with 57% of people picking De Gea, 30% picking Czech. And then the in right-back, they they had 19%. No, just to see what others think. Yeah, like, go on. 19% picked Trent and 16% picked Carl Walker. Even what about, left, what so about left-back? We haven't said our left-backs yet. Uh, well, I said my one, Azpilicueta. So, I've gone Patrice Evra. So have I. 
But, but that's so funny because the arguments that you've used for me against Belichick is the same thing I could say to you about everyone. Yeah, but he, so he played in, he also, he retired 2014 because uh, I was looking at this as well because I was really... Change your arguments to see, so well, no, no I really struggle with left There back. isn't a De Gea left back. There isn't a left back who's been the best left back yeah, in I the agree. world for seven years of the ten. And then, do you know, so like, let's say De Gea wasn't at peak the first two years, wasn't peak last year. This but year. For like... For, like for six seven, or seven years, he was easily the best. Number one. If there was a left-back who was number one left-back in the world for seven of the ten years, I would be like, yeah, I wouldn't pick Patrice ever, even though he's one of my favourite United players for the last few, like, however long. Even in his last few years. And, and don't forget, by the way, he came back and played for West Ham, admittedly not very well. well but he did have... No, but a few years later, well, he like did come back. So it, no, but in terms of his appearances in the Premier League over the decade, there's actually a fair few. Yeah. But in the three or four years where he was finishing with United, he was still top quality. He was still a brilliant left-back, even in those last remaining years. Yeah, I don't hate that pick. How close was he with you to putting Leighton Baines in there? No way, I didn't even thought about no, that. I didn't think, but actually, that's not about... It's, it's not the worst show, considering there's not a lot of left-backs you can really... I mean, I think it says a lot about the quality of left-backs, which is quite surprising which is weird, when you think about it. Because in the 2010s, you would say it was the right-backs that were... Uh, in the uh, 2000s. 2000s. I just don't think yeah. there's been a level of consistency that's worked out. It's like, yeah. we've had good left-backs and right-backs for small periods. Seamus Conn was excellent for a brief period of time. Yeah. Um, the only one that's really probably been consistent over, maybe the, maybe the back end. Aspilicueta. Well, yeah. <laughs> but Danny Rose, I mean, a left-back at least. Like, I mean, Danny he's, Rose but, he, is up there. Yeah, yeah. But, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't, when you think of like an all-time team of anything, Danny yeah, Rose ain't you getting You pick like Clichy has a very similar career to Sam. So does Zabaleta we, and Kolarov. We, to, oh, Zabaleta was close for me at right back for sure. But I thought, um, yeah, was, Zabaleta was very close because Zabaleta has been in some of the best years at Man City. Yeah. So just scored today for West Ham. <laughs> Still going thirty-eight. Uh, midfield. So what? We've gone three midfields. I kind of gone. Yeah. yeah three midfield. So I'm assuming yeah. we're all gonna have. This so is another far, one we're all so gonna far, have. We've all had I know who you guys think I will pick, and I wrote him down. And I took him out. I, who? What? The defensive mid. No. Angola Kante. Of course. I've got him in. Yeah. Him. So oh, he's he, the second without the doubt, three, I think. The only guy ever to win the Premier League two years in a row with two different clubs. Well, well, the well, best well, in his well, club. Mark Schwarzer did it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, well, well. The first man to do it then. <laughs> he did it as well the same team. Same year? No, he won it with Chelsea the year before Leicester. Went to Leicester and Leicester won it. Ah. So, yeah, but he didn't play one minute of the league, did no, he? Look. That does not matter. I don't think he would. No, it does matter because he wouldn't have got a winner's medal because he didn't that, play. He got rid of that rule after. Because Fergie, when Manu used to win the league, Fergie used to give appearances to players who needed the minutes to get medals, but they've got rid of that now. All right, okay. Which is what means anyway. the points have got a lot higher at the end of the season. Because they've played the same teams. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, Kante. is a uh, absolutely. No brainer. There's yeah. so many midfielders to pick. I think, but uh, uh, yeah, I, half I, of them at Man City. I've got a lot of Man City players to be fair. In my uh, team. I really don't. I, I, like... I wanted to put. I wanted. Uh, should I even say that? What? I wanted to put Kevin De Bruyne in it. I did put Kevin De Bruyne, in but it. with the man, I, had, I, I don't want to put too many. Yeah, see, that's funny I, because I, the. Yeah, I. I can. Th- I, know, I think I know I who you're. Got a Man put. City player in there. Well, uh, one of so my we all is, got David Silva. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I'd have thought we'd have Kante and David Silva for definite in there yeah. because without doubt Silva's been We've the got best. The same one, I think. Well, the the only other, ironically, then the other one I, I ended up landing on was Yaya Torre. Yeah, I got Yaya Torre. Uh, see, my it, let me I put him put as a midfielder. I've gone for Hazard. Well, I've got Hazard as well, though. But probably up front. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, my I've three. got Hazard in mind. 
You can't play Hazard in midfield, like as a midfield three. No, that doesn't make any sense. I was allowed to pick him as a midfielder. This... Well, you can play Vardy at left put, wing I've as well. I've actually got Hazard. Um... <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> yeah, like Vardy hasn't made it for exactly that reason. They've got to be in their position, the best in their position. I've got but Hazard down as midfielder slash forward. So. Yeah. So, but are you so playing a 4 3 3? I'm playing a 4-1-1-4. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing a Chris upside down Christmas tree B formation. 4-1-1-4. I think Kevin uh, Bueno does, does earn some respect in terms of getting into the team. I'd like for you to say, oh, he didn't even come in my mind. I think it's tough. For me, it was either, either going to be, well, out of the three, probably two. I actually took David Silver out and had Kevin De Bueno in. But no, Silver without doubt is in over anybody else. Yeah. I think in that the creative midfielder, there's been no one better than him over the course. Like when you talk yeah. about consistency, like the De Gea moment, he is the same as is Kante. Yaya Torre for me is that he also he won the most of all the players. Basically, he was there from the moment Man City got good. He was one of their first I mean, signings. Had, uh, Twenty twelve, I don't know what year. That what unbelievable season, he could score thirty goals, every free yeah, kick, I, everything the he touched. With the Yaya Torre pick for me is that. He was in Man City for so long and won a lot, but he was only really excellent for maybe two of them, yeah. two, three of them. Other than that, I felt like he. They're building a, a statue outside Man City. That's how good he was. Yeah, that's a bit hype though. They're but, building statues for everyone. No, but even st- uh, he was you know he was very about, good. Yeah. Like, he had two team. super super seasons. Yeah. Like you say, like where he was scoring twenty five, thirty goals a season. He was on free kicks. He was banging them from forty yards. But then he also had four or five other seasons where he was very good. But I think I just like he the. Re- he, I didn't put him in because of that reason but in his defence what I do think when I think of Yaya Torre is when he was at peak no one could touch him absolutely box he, was, he, was yeah. the, he was the 2010s version of Keane and Vieira like he was like he's the he player Pogba thinks he is and Pogba wants to yeah. be yeah, yeah. yeah that's it you get someone like Pogba and you're like just replicate what he does yeah. like, but I know there's an element of like he scored some good free kicks and there was that start, but just no one could touch him. No, I agree. And that's why he's in, that's why he's in the team. Okay. Um, he only retired in 2018, so there's eight solid years of... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. There was no yeah, about they're, time. They're, yeah, like he is a 2010s. Like. Can I ask? Um, Gerard retired in 2016. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Gerard oh, is just remembered now for the slip that lost Liverpool the title. His 2010s but... <clears throat> is the slip. His 2000s is his Champions League. And I'm like, Gerard is probably in the team of the decade. Yeah, two thousand. Do you think so? Does Ger- does Gerard even make it onto a subs bench in the twenty tens? Yeah. Even no, though for five or six years he was still the leader no, of that Liverpool he, team, yeah. he got he on within a few games of winning the league under Brendan Rodgers in that time. Stephen no, Gerrard, player I got up front. Stephen Gerrard for me was. Oh, sorry. Uh, Stephen Gerrard is one of my favourite players of all time. Yeah, and I definitely had thought about him here, but again. When it comes to like, what have you won? Have you won the Premier League? Um, you've cut, you came close. He was excellent, but he, you know he had he had good years in the last decade. His better years were probably the few years uh, decade before that. But his his time has gone through. What well, he started in the nineties, didn't he? Who? Stephen Gerrard or just yeah, after? Late nineties. I mean, he was a kid. Late nineties. He didn't he didn't play in the ninety eight World Cup because that was Michael no, Owen. No, 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 no. That was Michael Owen coming in. Kid, so he got injured. And had to pull out of the 2002 World Cup. 2001 was the year we beat Germany 5-1. He scored in that game. Yeah. So he I think made, it he was... He made his debut probably in that He looked like a kid in that game. Like if you remember, I remember the goal. If, um, if he you put him in, in like, for me, 05. 
when they won the Champions yeah, when League. The, the, like, in Istanbul, if you yeah. put him in your side, I'd say that's a bit too much. But he's not without consideration. He's not in the side. It was a, it was a question mark for me. He, I considered him quite heavily. But I ended up with Kante, Yaya Torre and David Silva as my exactly midfield same. three. So yeah, we've got more than you think. And you went for who, Mark? Kante, David Silva and Hazard. Okay, so we got three. Which okay. means, because Silva I didn't think we'd all have. But one of these strikers I think we've all got. Well, surely we've all got Aguero up top. Yeah. For giving, for giving us the still the most incredible moment of the Premier League's history. The worst, but the most memorable. And also for the volume of goals he scored. You know, I was, well, I was looking at um, doing my research, as I do, me and my research department. He has, he's only been in, like, team of the season twice, I think, I in the last two seasons. It's crazy. Madness. Mad- yeah. How is that even possible? When you look at some of the strikers, like, Lukaku was in one of them. You think... Yeah, God but it's because Aguero has been—he's like Mr. Consistent. Because Mr. Consistent so at an incredibly high level, yeah. it's not like no, no, but well, he's consistent. If you look at five goals every season, if you look season. at the people that like the first at the start of the decade, he would have been pipped by Van Persie, who I really was considering. I was like, he would have been pipped by Suarez. Drog, like he's always been there, but you get these strikers <coughs> that just have like like Salah, who have seasons where they're just. Yeah, like yeah, just do something yeah. incredible for that season. So, but he's been—he's the best striker in the, in the last ten years without oh, any, any doubt. It's not even a question. Yeah. It's not even a question. He is easily the best striker that's been in the Premier no League. No PFA Player of the Year award. That's mad. He's only had a few uh, Player of the Month awards as well. Yeah. hardly any. Madness. But there you go. Hardly um, won that many Golden Boots either, actually. Ironically. Well, so one, one of my other forwards was Eden Hazard. Yeah, me too. To, um, on the other side. See, so, yeah, I went. Uh, on the other side, I went Vardy. So I, I, I was stuck with Vardy, right? Because I wanted to put you Vardy, Vardy in. Vardy, you had to pick Kane over him, surely. The thing is, right, you've got... See, how most people will pick... That the year they won the league, like, I, have, I had to have a Leicester player. But that's like, one... Se- like, we're, 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 talking about John Te- we're, we're talking about John, yeah, John Terry in four years. We're talking about other players. You're talking about one guy in one year. who had an outstanding what? season. That's the same reason Salah's not made this team. He had an outstanding season. Continued it as Leicester just sold off all their Premier League winners, rebuilt their squad, and he's doing it. He's doing what this season, what he did that year. He's Agreed. been doing it. The problem is, is Leicester sold and rebuilt. But so there, like, there are so a few seasons in there where the, he the fact, scored seven but, or eight goals I mean, that season. I think Leicester had been able to sell and rebuild because of him. They got rid of Mahrez. They got rid of Kante. Like, they, they were, the only reason they were able to do that without suffering too badly... And in the Champions League, he was he was quality. Like he was unreal in the Champions League. And for me, I was like, he he does deserve to be in there. Do you, my only thing would be, like I just said, because I I don't think it's a bad pick. But would you, uh, you, or you would do probably say, but how likely would you say that Kane is a better striker than Vardy or vice versa? The, the, I'd consider Kane. He was he was one. The challenge you have. I think most people would say that Kane's a better striker than Vardy. M- most team of the decades you'll see has Kane in it. Yeah. other people have done most of them have Kane in it but no for all the reasons we just talked about before but he scored a lot of goals but I don't think he's ever been I, outstanding no, I get it I, I, Kane has to be considered he, he started setting a pace which would have ended him above Shearer yeah. I was thinking about it now he needs to average 20 goals a season for the next 6 years to be Shearer's could, record, could, which could he could do, do. Yeah, he could no do. other strikers even in, in line to get close to Shearer like yeah. Shearer's number 1 at like 260 and then Rooney's way way down in number 2 and you're like Kane is still on pace where he could beat that 260 he will beat Rooney's goal scoring record he'll beat sure. Rooney's but will he get close to Shields I think um, he'll get close I really do 
Because oh, it, uh, so he has to be considered from a goals to game ratio. But I just I just thought Vardy just went like winning the league for me. Pips him again. Yeah. I, I like his like the story coming from non-league to go and win the Premier League. Is all all of that is great. Yeah. He was first guy on my bench. I was thinking I need a bench here of people that I would nearly picked. He was the first guy on it, but purely because I'm playing four three three and I'm playing Aguero up top. Uh, I've got Hazard on the wing. Where am I going to put Vardy? I'm not going to put him on the wing because he's useless there because we saw for England he couldn't do anything. So, um, Last one. This one I feel... So this would need way. a good manager to work with my left back, Patrice Evera. So I've gone up front, Suarez. Yeah. <laughs> on left wing? The, Suarez on the left wing? No, Suarez on the... Yeah, Aguero. Vardy, what formation are you playing? You've got Aguero, Suarez, and Vardy. Yeah. Three number nines. Be Aguero's yeah. going to have to sit as your number ten. Where's David Silva going to go? Uh, no, I'd put Aguero <laughs> number nine. Suarez and Vardy are good enough to be. I've, I've got Luis Suarez. Um, I kind of wish I had Luis Suarez now. I didn't. I don't know why I didn't include him. I've completely forgot about him. Well, well, he, because well, cause I ended up having De Bruyne on the wing, so I've got Hazard and De Bruyne uh, either side of Aguero, but. Yeah, could he easily, easily have I think Suarez. the thing which... So you've got De Bruyne next to Aguero and Hazard where? So I've got Hazard number nine. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry, uh, Aguero number nine. Hazard on one side of him oh, okay. and De Bruyne on the other side of him. And then the midfield three of Kante, Torre and Silva. But De Bruyne is a right winger. That's literally where he's been playing for the last, I don't know, oh, most of this season. But the Luis Suarez in this, in this game, in this exercise, I think breaks the rules when you talk about like how many appearances and yeah how long I, I forgot been I, I agree with you that. I should put Luis Suarez it's in. tough to because then the players that you've got behind them are going to be Harry Kane it's going to be Lukaku unfortunately Van Persie's going to be there but Suarez on his day when Liverpool were just yeah he was on SAS yeah. just, I really wanted level. to put Van Persie did Sterling even get a look in no. for everything he's done for, uh, in the amount of goals okay, he scored I, the, he was part like SAS was an S was Sturridge St- Suarez yeah, and SS, Sterling wasn't it SSS it was the A in SSS it wasn't, it was Have you Sterling seen Suarez's and... stats since he's gone to Barcelona? So, yeah, it's crazy. He's, it's he's the third highest goal scorer in their history. Yeah. I mean, this, uh, this is a stupid. It's like, it's like in the NBA when they talk about like people are breaking these three-point records. It's because like 10 years ago, they'd take three a game and that was a lot. Now that players are taking 10, 11, 12. It's a, it's a whole different game. They're going to break statistics, especially when it comes to goal scoring. It's ridiculous. Well, I agree with you, though. Suarez should be in that team. I missed him. Yeah, no. So I mean, we've we've scattered some of the kind of uh, so how, how honorable many, mentions. How many did we have? So we all agreed. Five, company, company. Did we? Did you have Aspilicueta as well? No, no. Yeah. Company, Silva, Kante, Aguero, and Hazard. And Hazard. And Hazard. Six. Yeah, so fair. Amount. We were close. Um, do you know? I, do you think Bell deserves mentioning? Because I've seen a few people put Bell in his yeah, side. Yeah. I'm like, Bell had two good seasons. Two. Like, two really good seasons. Other than that, you know, he was okay. No, I think he had more than two. No. He had more than two. No. He had more than two. two, two but he left too early. You don't become the high, highest transfer in the world. For two seasons. He, he, oh, went, he went too early. Do, he you went too early. All the time. I, I don't think he can go in the team because he went too early. Did you see, by the way, um, Spurs, when they did their team of the decade, it got hijacked on Twitter. No. Did you see it? So they did a. They went out to their Twitter fans like, oh, 
pick our team of the decade and they were, for each position they put like three players and all like the Liverpool fans and all of them boycotted it so they all yeah. voted for the, so for example Kane didn't make it Crouch made it and uh, Loris didn't make it I think they picked I can't remember who they picked they did, they, all the other fans were jumping in to try and pick the, the worst players yeah, Crouch, Crouch got their strike for the decade yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love VT that VT took the, the mix they had Peter Crouch on and they were like we're here with Tottenham's uh, <laughs> striker of the decade oh that's <laughs> awesome like, yeah. I, I, I just thought that was great that's just classic Twitter I love that so, yeah, because there, there are some players who are like Peter Crouch. There's there almost should be like a B team of the decade, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Who were who never played it? Well, he did. He got to a Champions League final. So you're like, well, I thought I don't know what your rule if we said most headers. Uh, I think he scored the most headers in the Premier League history. Yeah, and now that is playing to your strength. Isn't it? Like yeah. if you like this this lanky six foot <laughs> seven skinny guy, Enzo's career is the most headed goals. You're like, oh, that's what you were there for. Good stuff for a big man. He created that. Yeah, saying. Bell had, Bell had the oh nine oh ten season, which I think was his breakout one, and then he had three years where he played nearly every game. People forget. Yeah, that but there was two where he was just ridiculous. Bell was known when he first joined Spurs. They went nearly a season where every he didn't. They couldn't win a game if he played in the team, yeah, and he yeah. was known as the curse that if he played, they didn't win. It's yeah. crazy when you think about that now. But anyway, we're um, if we want to get a game in, we're nearly an hour. Yeah. <laughs> So let's go for Mark's game. All right. So mine. So it was FA Cup weekend this weekend. It was. We got some upsets. So I'm going um, off off a quiz I've nicked, but it's classic non-league teams of the decade. Oh Jesus so, Christ! No, I'm not asking you to name the teams. The oh. Questions vary. Oh, but um, <laughs> Barnet. <laughs> they're one of them. So I've got set A, set B. And I've worked out they roughly are the same sort of level of difficulty. Um, just the easy questions don't come at the start like okay. usual. Okay. And but is is this like the ones to have got that the further the furthest in FA Cup? I'll ask the question and oh. give, give you three options. Okay. So, Chris, why don't you go first? You yeah, never you go, go first. first. All right, sure. Thank you, guys. So gracious of you. So, in Chris's set, the easy question comes first. So this is all around non-league clubs in the FA Cup. So Fleetwood Town were non-league club. My questions. Yeah. Fleetwood Town were non-league club when they reached the third round in 2012. Which future England international scored their goal in a 5-1 loss to Blackpool? Was it Ricky Lambert, Harry Maguire, or Jamie Vardy? Jamie Vardy. Correct. So dumb. My easy one better be that easy. Your easy one is relevant. So, I should hope so. I should hope what to FA Cup and non-league. I should hope so. Which rugby league? (laughs) (laughs) Lincoln City beat Ipswich in the third round replay in 2017. How far did they go in the competition? Did they go to the fourth round, the fifth round, or the quarterfinals? Lincoln. Lincoln City. In what year? 2017. Uh, Lincoln City. I don't remember them playing any big teams, so I'm not going to say quarters. I'm going to go the fourth round. Fourth round. Incorrect. They made it to the quarterfinals, oh. eventually being knocked out by Arsenal. All right. One point to me. One nil, Chris. Tough old game, this. Chris. Also that season, National League club side Sutton United got to round five. Who beat them in the last 16? Was it Liverpool, Arsenal or Newcastle? It definitely was an Arsenal. 
well, um, Sutton Town. It probably was Arsenal, wasn't it? Uh, Newcastle or Liverpool? Yeah. Let's go for Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool. Was it Newcastle? It was Arsenal. It was. Oh. The giant. <coughs> the giant killers. <laughs> yeah. Or the, the giants who can't be killed. <laughs> yeah, the giants who can't be killed. All right. Still 1-0. Danny, to equalise. National League side Barnet caused an upset in last season's third round, beating a club that then went on to win promotion to the Premier League. And, uh, Sheffield United. Was it Sheffield United, Aston Villa or Norwich? It was Sheffield United. Correct. I watched, one, that. One. I watched it. It was live on BT Sport. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, they got a replay and then they beat them at um, Sheffield yeah. United's ground, which in hindsight now looks even better. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris. Woking were the lowest-ranked team to get knocked out in the third round the last season, but which Premier League club knocked them out? Was it Watford, Brighton, or Bournemouth? I don't even. I can't hazard a guess. It's Bournemouth. Wrong. It was Watford. Fucking. Uh, who knows? I don't know. Chris doesn't watch any cup football. <laughs> yeah, it, it is tough when they're like Woking. The lowest ranked team, the magic of the... Like, I really don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got a rest from football this weekend because yeah. the FA Cup was on. Yeah. It's bad, watch, but it's true. I was so, watching some of the Man United game against Wolves. I didn't it. even see that. Only because I was in a pub. So Danny, non-league Crawley beat League 2 club Torquay in 2011. <laughs> at which stadium, what a game it was. <laughs> at what stadium... Eventually, did their cup run end in? Oh, right. Was it Old Trafford, Goodison Park, or Ellen Road? Crawley. Yeah. Crawley Town. In 2011. I, I mean, this is so long ago. I don't remember Crawley Town playing Man United. Um, maybe they did. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, let's go with Old Trafford. It's because when you get to correct, it was always yeah. Old Trafford. Yeah, because when you get non-league clubs get further than the third round, there's always a couple. But once you start getting later, it is. Quite usually a big deal that season. Alright, what's the score? 2-1. Two two one. One. Oh. Taking the lead. So Luton reached round five as a non-league club in 2013. Which Premier League club knocked them out? Was it Leicester, Southampton or Wolves? Uh, 2013, so that's got to be Southampton. Oh. I thought it was going to be the one where they where Liverpool knocked them out and Alonso scored that goal from the halfway line. They won, was, they won 5-1. Way before the last day. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. What a great goal that was there. Still remember Question it. Question <laughs> uh, I don't know if that was the last one. How many done each? 3-1. No, I just I started, I, so Danny yeah, must finish. I must so have this, another. It could have been game over. So, Danny, how many league places separated Championship Club Middlesbrough with Hastings United? When they played each other in 2013. 2013. Was it 101 places, 161 places, or 131 places? Uh, Hastings. They're not even in the conference, are they? So it must have been more it's than 101. Every, every team's like... Yeah, but as in like in the ranking, of they're not in the conference, which is the top league of, of non-league. So then it must not be 101. What were the other options? 131 or 160. What are you doing? Oops, sorry. <laughs> You're right there, mate. You're just watching, watching something on your phone. Sorry, whoops. Um, I'm supposed to get my porn up. What would, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, what the option? 131 or 161 if you're ruling out one. I'm going to go for 131. Correct. 
And I think that makes you this week's winner. It does. Excellent. With so they were in. Right were they in the conference eight. north? Therefore. Sorry. Were they in the conference north then? Uh, oh, it doesn't say. Oh. Uh, I just skipped the the context. All right. Fair enough. Congratulations. Thanks. Greatest game ever. Very underwhelming quarter. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, you Mark. Me, you gave me like a couple hours. It was like Mark's game. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, you've, yeah. Only, had, you've only had two weeks. <laughs> Nightmares. My game next week, just so we all know. Good. We'll all tune in. Yeah. You're, you're due to have a good game sooner or later. Yeah. Oh, right. Funny, funny, funny. All right, let's do the results league. Yeah, yeah. real quick. Yeah, I've added in the ones that we put in last week. So there's a few to run through. Uh because we uh, there's actually been three games since um, since we last three day. game weeks. Oh. So in uh, in game week nineteen, Chris, you went for Liverpool to beat Leicester three one. And what was the score? Uh, da, 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 da. The score was four 0 Liverpool. Whee. So you get a point for the away uh, result and a point for the away bonus. Boom boom. I went for Norwich to beat Villa 3-1. I believe Villa won that game, and they did, 1-0. I thought they'd be dead with John McGinn. Turns out Dean Smith is a genius and completely reset to a 4-3-3, a 5-3-2 even, and um, didn't lose. Uh, so, nil point for me. Then had uh, Mark, who said Arsenal would beat Bournemouth 1-0, which was quite optimistic, and they drew 1-1. Um, this was still back in the day, so unfortunately that is nil point for Mark. Chris, the following week, you then went for Chelsea to beat Arsenal 2-1. What was the score, Chris? 2-1, baby. Was. So that is uh, three points for the correct result and Watch extra bonus for away, for away oh result. That's a big, big score. I then went for Watford to beat Villa because I was on my... They've got McGinn, so can't win a single game. Uh, and Watford did beat Villa. They won... Uh, 3 0, in fact. So, go. one point for me. I'm like being the guy uh, the yeah. guy on the BBC He's with the so funny news. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bournemouth Ma- to draw with Arsenal. I'm right? joking. I was, was joking. The one where everyone was so optimistic yeah. how well Arsenal played. I'm joking. Uh, Mark Webb for Everton to beat Newcastle 2 0 that week. Uh, they actually won away and they won 2 1 Everton. So, oh. just about made that one. Almost. So, you got. Uh, one point for the result and one point for an away bonus. So, but bearing in mind this one was quite a rushed one from us all. It was a little bit rushed, but Chris was a little bit too optimistic, and he went for Bournemouth to beat West Ham. Well, this seeing week. as half the fixtures were already in play, I could only listen. That. At least, at least you remembered some. It, yeah. Did it before the three o'clock kickoffs? Uh, unfortunately, uh, West Ham won four nil, Chris, which leads on to what Mark guessed, which was West Ham to win two nil. Uh, so you do, and that was a home result. So you do get one point for that uh, I then went for Man United to beat Arsenal 2-1 no, I underestimated the Arteta effect Arteta. so um, all of that geez, if you're still with us congratulations all of that has had a major seismic shift on the scoreboard Mark is still miles out in front on 26 Chris has now taken second spot out of nowhere oh, out of nowhere, <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> With 17, and uh, I'm bringing up the rear on 15. Oh, I've had some quality results in the last few games. Unbelievable. Christmas oh. is that time of year where it changes go. everything. Lovely. Um, so, Chris, who are you going for this week? So, this week, I'm going for um, another away fixture. Yep. I'm going for Watford to beat Bournemouth. I've got Watford to... I need Watford to win a game. Oh, that was you're going to be yours. No, it, it's just going to be, again, I do the opposite. 
That's all right. To be born. What's the score you're going for? I am going for. Uh, uh, 2-0 2 0 Bournemouth and Eddie Howell are in trouble um, so this week as I need to pick Brighton to lose uh, I am going to go for Everton to beat Brighton my beloved Brighton at the moment Oh, high flying Everton <laughs> high flying Everton under Ancelotti struggled horribly today against a large bunch of 16 year olds he does not like Watford boy. he picked them to lose four times I know, but I've also picked him to win a few times, so I just need to stop with my Watfordness. Um, so I'm picking Everton to beat Brighton, and uh, yeah, I'm going for. Did I say I'm going for two one? Mark. So I am going Bournemouth to win, and Bournemouth are going to. Bournemouth are weird because they just randomly pull out these big wins, and they're going to do that this time. So they're going to beat Watford four one. Four one. One. <laughs> Nigel Pearson's team, we weren't conceding any goals no and playing unbelievably four well. One. Four one. one. If it happens, be the most Bournemouth result. Yeah, we, do you know what? We, when they went and beat Chelsea away, that was, that was a classic Bournemouth result, wasn't it? Yeah. Josh King's coming back, isn't he? Uh, Josh King is back. He just can't score a goal. Good. Wilson. Uh, well, we'll see how we do next weekend. Um, do you know what? It's so annoying that the one. Um, pod that we come back to is the one week I'm not picking the player for the all talk fancy team I don't know what you're talking about you, 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 ne- you never three, win four, five weeks in a row so the how su- many the sub this week which I get to do thanks to my brilliant weekend uh, is going to be Heaton unfortunately I think he's out for the season he now is. so uh, Heaton our goalie we've got Dubravka's backup so I'm tempted to put in a sort of a nothing four million pound one to save us some money um, but then it's only 4.3 to get one set play but is it? Because realistically, well, cruel, but Norwich can't keep a clean sheet, so might as well not. McCarthy and Gunn seem to just swap between each other, so you never know who's going to play. Hasn't McCarthy played like the last tw- 10 games in a row? 12 games. Gunn uh, was playing half uh, yeah, the yeah. season. And then yeah. Yeah. Why has that happened? Was McCarthy just out injured? Probably. No, I think they just looked for a change. I don't think he was McCarthy's injured. a decent keeper. Um, well, I can go for McCarthy. Um, I could go for... Um, is Fabianski out injured again or is he back? I don't know. Um, okay, let's go with McCarthy then. Save some save some money. Um, really boring sub this week, but good luck to... Uh, I'll save myself for next week when I win again. There you go. Uh, the transfer is done. Uh, this week, Dubravka's going to go and goal away at Wolves. Wonderful. Um, so, let's just finish off on front three, back four, yeah? Sure. Right. My New Year's resolution is to go first. So please allow me to do so. Sure. In my front three this week is um, a name that you probably won't know, but a massive name in sports, is David Stern. He was the uh, NBA commissioner um, for, uh, I don't know, what was like 20 years, 30 years, 84 to 2014. He just passed away, so it's a, it's a poor one out for David Stern. Um, I've just mentioned him just because you guys know I love the NBA. And he's responsible, he's probably the main person responsible for um, the NBA being one of the biggest leagues in sports, in American sports especially. Um, and that aligned with, actually, the LA Lakers and the Celtics rivalry in the mid-80s to late-80s with Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. But before David Stern, a lot of the finals and all the games that they had would always be on like tape delay. So they would never oh, show really? it live on TV because it wasn't big enough. It was... Basketball was a very small sport back in the 70s. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, in the 80s it really got big. And then when Michael Jordan came, 
it kind of just took it to a whole new level. Do you know he was a lawyer? He was a lawyer. Stan. Yep, yeah. I think Michael Jordan. That guy went. That guy did everything. Yeah, no, just her. Baseball player. He was known as because it, it, for him it, it'd be an equivalent of it's weird in America. They always we always know who the commissioner or the head of the leagues are. It'd be like us knowing the name of who the head of the Premier League is or the FA. Do you know? Uh, there's a new one. Just <laughs> was, no, the, no, the the guy who got the job and then didn't get the job because it turns out he was like a some excommunicated PE teacher or something. There you go. Um, I but, can't um, remember. Yeah, David Stern was a was a visionary in his day, um, making sure I wanted to the NBA to be a global brand doing his dodgy deals to get um, screen time in countries all over the world. And yeah, just just a, a, a pretty impactful person. He quit in 2014. Greg Clark. That's his chairman yeah. of the FA at the moment. No anyway. idea who that is. Yeah, exactly. But he's no David Stern. And I just want to say, uh, yeah. Hey. So. <laughs> there you go. Look him up. Pull, pull one out for him. Yeah, yeah. He, made, he, he was, I, I know the name. Massive. He was huge for sport out there. Um, in my back four this week is uh, Steak Bakes. Because Greg's have released their vegan steak bake in part of Veganuary. That's really funny. I've got a back four about veganism as well. Oh, maybe because it's Veganuary. But the reason it's in my back four is because, one, I love steak bakes. So I hate that they've kind of desecrated it. I think I like people always talk about their too. bloody sausage rolls and Greg's. To be fair with it, you can just put the gravy in there and it would add no meat and it'd be, it'd be okay. Ah, oh, so good. But it just it just gives license to all these vegans that can continue to bloody preach on about how veganism is the best way forward when you're just eating unhealthily. Like you're gonna be so happy with yourself going to Greg's. You are not getting on your high horse trolloping there, you fucking idiots. So um yeah. Chris feels strongly about yeah. veganism. I think there's a term for people who feel really strongly about nothing. Snowflakes, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm you fucking snowflake. Vegan steak, baby, fat shit. Well, well, my back four is also vegan and very related. Yeah. Um, well, so well, I don't know if you that. saw the news this week, uh, but Not meat likely. sales in 2019 plunged as veganism continued to rise in the UK. So much so that farmers and supermarkets and a lot of the um, independent store shops are, are actually getting quite worried because according to a study by the Vegan Veganuary Charity, which didn't if you, I didn't know that existed, but it does, more than 800,000 people cut back on eating animal products for at least a month last year, meaning 3.6 million fewer animals were eaten in the first six months of the year. Now, it all might sound great, uh, and but as you said... Uh, the annoying thing about this is most of the vegans think they're being healthier by not eating animals and they're eating... Just because it's plant-based doesn't always mean it's healthier. But no one is appreciating what it's actually potentially doing to the economy. And a lot of our food economy is based on meat. We have a huge farming base in the UK, based on the cows, based on sheep, based on everything. And if people are going to stop eating them, actually, it's going to be quite a problem for us because that's what we're quite good at. Well, the, the, the only benefit, all the sort of um, sunshine on a rainy day kind of thing with this is that the vegans are going to be so malnourished, they're going to die off. They will no longer have to deal with these people. The vegan market in Britain topped one billion for the first time last year. Angry about people cutting back on meat, having a vegetarian If you're steak going bake. to Greg's, get a proper steak bake made by a proper Englishman. <laughs> Go on, Mark. Have you got veganism in your front three? My front three is the reduction in this. Like, <laughs> Uh, shall I just do my fun three quickly as well? Um, oh, you got two this week. Well, that was my back four. It's oh. vegan, veganism. I'm not used to you having two. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I've had three weeks to prepare, unlike you. Yeah. <laughs> it's been Christmas, you know. Uh, so in my front three... Um, uh, the election coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I just read the news. Have you heard about the fires? No. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, talking about Brighton earlier. Um, Brighton have launched... So something that is actually quite interesting. I was only reading about it yesterday. Um, Brighton have launched what they've called... So they have something called the 1901 Club, which is basically their exec club because they were founded in 1901. But loads of their fans have been complaining for years, sort of saying, oh, it's just full of people in suits. Don't really want to watch the game. Like, we really want a good experience so Brighton this year have gone do you know what hospitality it isn't what it used to be which is people in suits that want some food actually our fans are telling us they want to be close to the pitch they want to be they want to hear what's going on on the bench they want to wear their own stuff they want just food when they want so Brighton have built and um, I'll show you a picture of it it's actually really funny they've built a stand right behind the a dugout there's now a stand that fits about 60 or 80 fans, literally. So when you look at it, there's the players sat and then it's the fans and that's their hospitality area. And uh, it's 200 quid a year and you can have a, if you're a home fan, you can have a seat in the hospitality area. They went within hours, obviously, of going on sale. 200 quid a year and you get 200 quid. every match you go you can, uh, Every home game, you sit in that area, you get, um, for, yeah, so I'll show cheap. you. It seems far too cheap. It's ridiculous. Uh, and uh, so anyway, they were over a season ticket. Yeah. Uh, let me get the. I had the the thing up because I want to show you a picture. It's so funny actually when you look at it because like oh, that's crazy. They're literally right there. But they they were interviewing loads of fans who were saying it's brilliant because I can still go. There's still a great atmosphere. But I'm literally I can hear Graham Potter shouting his commands to the players. I can see. No, I'm even closer. And again, what Brian are talking about is trying to bring the fans closer to the end. The future of hospitality. I think that's a brilliant but in idea. Today's football, we don't want fans closer. There's no way you want fans closer <laughs> to sitting next to Özil. No, but I think if you have your if you have the home fans, the people that, that are the proper fans, I not the, the, the people that are there every week, they're actually supporting the team, not like Arsenal fans. Boxing proper day, fans. There was free and announcements for racism in uh, sorry, three different games. Proper fans. Proper fans. Let me let me find you the article. It's oh, really no, did funny. Did you see today? On a side topic, Michael Oliver became the first referee to use the the screen. The screen, and then did you see the stewards yeah, having to hold actually. back the fans as he went yeah, over and screaming and swearing at him? As they're like, "Oh, look at him going to the screen!" And you can see this one fan screaming at him. You're like, "Yeah, maybe fans shouldn't be so close to him." <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, put him in cages. <laughs> oh, I'll have to find the Chelsea game. They diverted us when we were leaving. They said it was because there was an incident on them. Uh, on one of the bridges, but no, it was it was they didn't want the Arsenal fans. Yeah, Here you go, yeah. look, I've got a picture. So this is this is the hospitality section now. There, it's great listening. So yeah, I'll, I'll we'll tweet it. But you've got all the players sat on the bench, and then right behind them is the, now the new hospitality. I think that's awesome. Be friend in meat pies. I think that's absolutely awesome. Vegetarian meat pies. Yeah, <laughs> I've got gravy on me. <laughs> to be fair, in Brighton they probably are. All right, go on, all Mark. Right. So my front three, which I just googled now, which I'm, I'm sure it is. No, no, no. This is yeah. my front three from New Year's. Did you see Shanghai's uh, firework-free display? So no, I didn't. Coloured drones instead of fireworks to do their display. Really? Uh, it's quality. And I googled it now to, to get it up, and the latest article is saying this may have been pre-recorded and not actually done on New Year's. Ah. Which is... Oh, I, need to wa- I need to watch this. Can, can you make sure you tweet it? we got in China, but... Um, yeah, uh, uh, Shen Jinping uh, is the biggest nut. Oh, look quality. at that! That you looks cool. It. It's so, like, this is the future of fireworks. Oh, good. Uh, do you know what? I hate fireworks. Oh, I love fireworks. No, I hate fireworks them. Are fantastic. Do you know how many animals yeah, suffer? Uh, 
I can't believe they did them in Sydney. It does annoy me when people start saying we should ban fireworks because it it causes distress for dogs. I'm like, well, if dogs are idiots, then that's their fault, isn't it? No, it's scary. Their hearing is way better. My dogs have survived for years every fucking New Year's. It scares them, man. Scares. I know. uh, I'm like, it's not even that long either. Like, the longest displays are... This display is unbelievable. It's absolutely amazing. Wow. Yeah, because it's drones, you can have such more accurate displays. I mean, admittedly, it doesn't look real. It doesn't look... Well, this looks like some sort of CGI thing. Chinese propaganda. Anyway, still, that's cool. Yeah, so that's in my front three. My back four this week is uh, James Corden. That's so, so Are you going to complain about the Gavin and Stacey episode? No, I'm going to complain now. <laughs> can, you, can I just stop you there for a sec? Because I, I, I love you, and I don't want you to get yourself in trouble. He will tweet at you. And there'll be a lot of people after you if you say a bad word about him. Not now, because <laughs> he's just been cast in the Netflix adaptation of the musical The Prom, which is, uh, the story is about a lesbian who gets banned from going to a prom because she wants to go with her girlfriend. This big, big in the LGBTQ society. And James Corden has been cast as one of the members, and it's caused some outrage. Because he's not a lesbian. Because he hates all gays because in the Christmas episode oh, of Gavin and Stacey oh, nice. they didn't change the lyrics to a certain Christmas song. Uh, do you know what? So, we, so people we, are saying haven't needless homophobia by casting James Corden. That is outrageous. Haven't lesbians suffered enough without this white cisgender male now being cast in this I feel like you've taken my back for it. <laughs> this is I ridiculous. Thought, I was like uh, wait, I, I was just like this this did like, you watch that um, Gavin and Stacey episode on Christmas? Yeah. I watched it with family. And when the song started, because we all turned to each other and said, do you think they're going to change the words? And there was a big debate about whether they were going to change the words or not. And I was like, nah, they're, they're, it's Gavin and Stacey, they won't change the words. And they didn't. Good. I didn't watch it. Uh, it was the yeah, biggest, it was right. biggest viewed Christmas episode for something like 20-odd years. Yeah, because there hasn't been a Christmas special of anything for like 20 yeah, years. it's probably Fools and Horses. Yeah. And it, it, it's so dumb because they just put a needless cliffhanger which is now like everyone's like we need one season well, three yeah. like, now there has to be another season it's ridiculous you can't end it like that anyway right so um, that was a good one and a long one we'll be back next week with more fantasy football talk hopefully less homophobic talk from Mark Who, who's going to be homophobic the homophobic <laughs> I was the one defending it I'm like it's an out it's who's, go, who's going to be in the uh, Carabao Cup final Chris your favourite final do you know what I don't care great very good look forward to that yeah see you next week Bye. Bye.